been listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? It's your girl Janon right here. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about noble fighters and athletes, how they got started in the game, and where they're now. Woo, I'm just so happy to be here today. I mean, there's a lot of fights that I really, really want to break down for y'all and just talk to you guys about because this past weekend has been pretty eventful in MMA and boxing. But, I mean, let's be real here. I actually didn't get the chance to watch the boxing match that was happening over the weekend. My focus was mostly on the MMA fights that were taking place. So, that includes UFC 214 in California and Ryzen all the way in Japan. So, those are the big ones that I really paid attention to and actually watched myself. Okay, so today, I really want to focus on the fights the, uh, the fights that happened on the main card of UFC 2. 14. I mean, yes, just like we already said, there were a lot of fights, a lot of great fights um, on the preliminary card as well for the UFC 214 event. And let me tell you this, I actually watched them, but unfortunately, there's not a lot of time to talk about them here. So I think most of our time today is going to be spent uh, breaking down the fights, the main fights on UFC 214. And if we have some extra time, then we may as well. Um, just um, briefly talk about the Ryzen event that happened in Japan. So that's what we have lined up for today. And also, today was the beginning of August. And we all know what's going to happen towards the end of August, especially August 26, people. Yes, I'm talking about the McGregor and Mayweather fight. Of course, the fight of the century, the best fight, the most expensive fight of the century. So, I mean, I'm already starting to get goosebumps and just getting so hyped up for the fight that is towards the end of August. But I just want to put it out there so that you guys know that we're going to have a fantastic episode when it comes down to the McGregor Mayweather fight. We're going to have an exclusive episode regarding that fight. And we have a lot of exciting things happening for that episode. So make sure that you tune in. It will be during the during the week that is going to lead up to the fight. So um, yeah, just keep an eye out for that. And we will definitely keep you updated. And yeah, man. So there you have that. So what are we waiting for? Let's Let's get started. Okay, so talk about UFC 214. So it was in Anaheim, California, and a lot of people, first of all, were in the arena. The arena was completely sold out. It was the Honda Center. It was completely sold out, and uh, allegedly a lot of um, pay-per-views were bought. And actually, after the event, Dana White said that about a million pay-per-views were bought, which is pretty amazing because... You know, I, I don't think um, we've had this many views um, on a card ever since a Ronda Rousey or a McGregor fight, um, you know, on a May, on a um, UFC pay-per-view event. So this is a pretty good thing, a pretty good news for the UFC. It means that you don't, <laughs> you know, you don't have to have uh, those superstars on your card, even though this card was pretty stacked, but you don't have to have those um, uh, uh, just uh, single superstars on your card like Conor McGregor to uh, constantly promote your card and just try to sell your fight 
through that one person only. You can have a talent, actual legit talent on a card and still sell so many pay-per-views. So good job to Dana White. Yay. I think this is the first time that I'm actually praising Dana White. But yeah, he's a great businessman and a great enthusiast of the sports. So good for him and the organization. Okay. Moving on, so just like I said, the preliminary cards were amazing and a great, uh, you could say, warm up for whoever was watching it so that they were they were just prepared to watch great fights coming up during the main card. Okay, so starting the main card, we have the light heavyweight bout between Jimmy Manua and Vulcan Ozdemir. So on our previous episode, when we were previewing this fight, we said that Jimmy Manua is a fantastic striker. And for him to be successful in this fight, he needs to utilize his striking and try to go for that finish as soon as possible. And for Vulcan Ozdemir, because we said he's a fantastic wrestler, therefore he has to utilize his um, his grappling and wrestling skills to win this fight and take the fight to the ground if possible. And, um, you know, uh, just like I said, Jimmy Manuel really had to finish this fight as soon as possible because if he didn't, then it would be pretty dangerous, especially against a deadly um, and dangerous um, um, contender like Vulcan Ozdemir, who is a pretty heavy guy and pretty big guy. If Jimmy Manuel doesn't act fast, then, uh, you know, something bad can happen uh, that could uh, turn things against himself. Okay, so the fight starts the first round. It, there's a there's a few shots uh, there's a few shot trades and then after that both of them just get into a clinch real quick and there's some exchanges as they're in that clinch so there's some knees to the body by both parties and there's some uppercuts by Vulcan Ozemir, which are pretty hard uppercuts if you pay attention because you see them being absorbed by um, Jimmy Manuel's um, chin. And then all of a sudden, Vulcan Ozemir lets go. And as all of this is happening, this is during the first um, <laughs> few seconds of the very first round, people. Okay, so pay attention. So Vulcan Ozemir finally lets go of that clinch. And everything is just happening so quick. And as he lets go, he throws a big right hand over the top. And it actually gets absorbed by Jamie Manuel. And Jamie Manuel gets knocked down. And as a matter of fact, he gets knocked out so there you have it man that was pretty quick and pretty impressive by uh vulcan Ozemir. so you have your winner by knockout yes and what a great win this definitely puts him on the top i mean already before this fight he was the number five contender in the light heavyweight division but after this fight i mean the rankings haven't been updated yet but after this win this um, impressive and phenomenal win he is put on top uh, with guys like Alexander Gustafsson, um, the champion and the number one contender. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say who those people are because obviously we're going to be talking about them uh, for the main event of this evening. But I feel like you already know if you actually watch this card who I'm talking about. But oh, well, you know, so with this win, Volkan Ozdemir definitely guaranteed a spot for a potential title shot against the light heavyweight champion or perhaps um, for, for a shot for the interim light heavyweight championship if things don't work out for whatever reason. But good job to uh, Volkan Ozdemir. What a phenomenal performance. And respect to Jamie Manuel. I mean, things like that sometimes happen. So let's not give him any grief for that. Okay. 
So the next fight on this card, oh man, this fight was such a good fight. It was the fight between the welterweight fight between the former champion Robbie Lawler and Donald Cowboy Cerrone. So uh, let's just get, I'm just going to give you a bit of background for, you know, during the weigh-ins and everything. So as these two were going into this fight, uh, there were, there weren't a lot of emotions expressed by, um, especially Robbie Lawler. He just wanted to get in there and just get the job done and just fight the guy. And Donald Cowboy Cerrone, he just seemed pretty confident in himself. So he was pretty confident that he was going to beat up Robbie Lawler, especially because Robbie Lawler's last fight was um, when he lost his championship fight um, to Tyron Woolley. So when the fight starts, it's a pretty good fight because Robbie Lawler just... From the beginning, when when the bell goes, Robbie Lawler starts with the flurry, just hooks and uppercuts, and that's the combo that he um, he's um, keeping constant. And he clinches uh, with um, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, not really giving him enough time to really uh, just have any reactions to what he's doing. And as he's in that clinch with um, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, he's throwing so many elbows and knees and um, uh, you know, pretty much for the rest of this uh, very first round. Uh, they remain in that tie clinch for uh, most of that round. But after we're two minutes into the fight, there's a kick by Robbie Lawler. And um, Donald Calvary Cerrone actually takes his leg, takes Robbie Lawler's leg as he's throwing that kick. And he takes him down to the canvas. And um, as he's um, as Robbie Lawler is um, on his back on the ground, uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone tries to um, scramble with him, but he's not successful. Maybe he's just um, a bit, you know, f- fuzzied over or whatever because of all of those shots that were thrown at him when they were in that clinch, when they were standing up. And um, Donald Cowboy Cerrone tries to have side control while they're in that position. But at the same time, he can't really do anything because Robbie Lawler just quickly gets back to his feet. And so the first round finishes. So getting into the, f- the second round, Cowboy Cerrone is now more active. Maybe he was just warming up a bit during the very first round. And now he's just, you know, uh, maybe he analyzed what Robbie Lawler was capable of. And now he knows what to do. So because of whatever reason, he's just more active and dynamic in this round. And um, as we notice, there's no more clinches because maybe Donald Cerrone actually realized that he shouldn't get into a clinch with um, Robbie Lawler. So as a result of that, there's um, increased distance between these two guys and the range has actually increased. So uh, this is the best position for Donald Cowie Cerrone to be in because uh, Donald Cowie Cerrone is really, really good at uh, throwing shots from a distance and especially uh, combo-like shots. So when he maintains that distance, he can throw as many shots as he wants. And just like we already discussed, he throws pretty accurate shots and throws them in, in great combos. So because of this increased range, Donald Cowboy Cerrone just taking advantage of the situation and throwing so many combos at uh, Robbie Lawler. And Robbie Lawler, even though he's absorbing some of these shots, but at the same time, he's trying so hard to check these shots and um, try not to get hit by them. And so, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty good endurance by Robbie Lawler and um, toughness by Robbie Lawler. So that's pretty impressive. And then Cowboy Cerrone 
backs up Robbie Lawler with shots towards the fence. But overall, this round, you know, it was just pretty pretty um, close because they were going back and forth um, between each other, just trading shots. And you couldn't really for sure give it to anyone specific, but we can definitely say for sure that Cowboy Cerrone had almost, um, you know, woken up and um, started to be more active in this round. Okay, so the third round starts. It's pretty much similar to the second round because we have shots and kicks back and forth. But Robbie Lawler is um, getting better in um, checking those um, those shots. But overall speaking, this is this is a pretty violent and <laughs> juicy fight because they're just throwing shots back and forth and nobody's, you know, it's not like one of those um, violent fights that is, um, you know, there's blood gushing out or whatever. No, it's a pretty good fight. It's just... It's a pretty dynamic fight. It's not like a boring fight that you watch and the the guys aren't taking any risk with um with the way that they're fighting. It's a pretty dynamic fight and it feels like both guys are um, you know have their hearts in it and are trying their best to do whatever uh, whatever that is in their power to win this fight. So the third round finishes too. So it, it won the full distance. And so according to the judge's decision, the winner of this fight was Robbie Lawler through unanimous decision. But I mean, it was a, it was a pretty close fight. So personally, I would have given it a draw or something, but that's how the judges saw it. And so good job to Robbie Lawler and Donald Cowboy Cerrone. What a fantastic performance by both of these guys. Okay. Moving on. So we're moving on to our first championship bout. So this one's a women's featherweight championship bout. So as we already said before, the women's championship was uh, vacant because Jermaine Duranme, who was the champion for this um, weight division, she had to let go of her belt for so many reasons that we just don't have time to talk about. And so now we have a title fight between Chris Cyborg and Tanya Evinger. So Tanya Evinger is a former bantamweight champion from Invicta. And Cyborg is the former featherweight champion from Invicta. And Cyborg has had a few um, fights in the UFC already. And she's completely demolished her opponents. So this fight's going to be pretty interesting, um, especially because Evinger has um, expressed uh, that she can potentially, you know, come come on top in this fight over Cyborg. But we'll see what happens. I'm going to break it down for you right now. Okay, so the first round starts. Evinger is actually the aggressor. And, you know, it's personally, I would say it's not the best thing to do, especially when you're fighting against someone who's cyborg. It will always be the best thing to be patient and to just um, analyze what your opponent is doing and just really act smart. But at the same time, you know, take your chances and um, do whatever you need to do to win this fight. But don't just just go out just guns blazing in the very first round in the very first seconds because you never know when that or where that one shot is going to come from and you're going to get knocked out you know okay so even though Avenger was the aggressor I wouldn't necessarily say that it was the smartest thing to do and so as uh, Avenger was the aggressor in this fight 
in the first round, Cyborg is throwing counter punches that actually back Avenger up against the fence. And so what Cyborg is doing, as you notice, um, she's just trying to measure. So as she's um, pushing Avenger against the fence, she she's like extending her uh, the the arm that she is um, dominating. So her left arm, and then she's almost measuring her shot. And as she measures her shot, she throws uh, she throws those shots, those right hand over the tops, and uh, she a few times she knocks down Avenger. And um, the thing is, Avenger gets right back up, but it just feels like Avenger isn't just in it either mentally or physically. She just kind of looks gassed out and just a bit in a rush you know like if you're fighting someone like cyborg i would say take your take your time try to study her and um, be patient with um, what she does and try to think a little bit about what you're gonna do and just don't go out and try to be aggressive towards cyborg because cyborg is the aggressor herself like <laughs> you know she's a beast so don't try to pull that on a cyborg because that's definitely not the smartest thing to do and so also in this round avenger puts so much pressure on cyborg and she actually tries to wrestle with her which i would say is a good great move by avenger because if she if she did anything other than this, if for instance, if she tried to actually strike one on one with um, Cyborg and just you know do like an orthodox boxing style striking thing with her, oh girl, she would get knocked out right away. But she did a smart thing that she tried to utilize her wrestling skills because actually her background, her own background, is in wrestling. So Avenger did a smart thing that she wrestled with um, Cyborg and tried to put pressure on her but let me tell you this cyborg is just such a great fighter that even though you're putting so much pressure on her in terms of wrestling she can still come on top and not only did cyborg did, did do that cyborg also kept do it kept throwing a lot of um similar combinations i would say the most uh, successful combinations that she had was a right hand and a head kick so that's how so she would throw the right hand to open up you could say a spot for Avenger to just like let down her guard or whatever because she had to uh, defend that right hand and then right after she threw that right hand she would throw the head kick to because uh, Avenger at that point would be so vulnerable to whatever is coming towards her so when Cyborg did that the the headshots were the most effective and um, they would get um, absorbed the most okay so the second round starts Avenger looks like she's exhausted just like I already said but Cyborg has a great footwork and she's constantly on her foot and just moving around, just bouncing around and just keeping it being so dynamic and keeping the fight moving. So that's a pretty good thing to have because in that case, Avenger can't really try to tag you. If you Okay, so think about it. It's logical. It's a logical statement to make. If you're just standing still and not moving anything and just standing there, then your opponent can just use you as a punching bag, basically, and just throw whatever shots at you. But if you're constantly moving around, it's hard for your opponent to obviously reach you. Also, Cyborg's style is similar to Mike Tyson, if you kind of think about it, because she's throwing really hard shots 
while she's perfectly in, in the most perfect manner that I can possibly think of is ducking away from the shots that are coming towards her. So that was pretty impressive as I was watching Cyborg. You know, you don't really sell, see a lot of um, just fighters in general, not just women fighters, but just fighters in general try to throw the shots and duck the punches at the same time because ducking punches, it's actually pretty a huge component in fighting and fighters don't really pay attention to it that much. I mean, in boxing, just pure boxing, obviously you see it a lot and it's pretty essential to have. But in MMA, because if you, mostly if you uh, dodge a, a punch, there's a chance that you might get kneed in the head. But Cyborg did it in such a such a smooth manner that was just pretty impressive. Okay, moving on. The third round. So two minutes into the third round, Cyborg actually backs Avenger up against the fence and throws throws a knee, a single powerful knee to Avenger's head. And at last, TKO's Avenger. So there you have it. You have a new women's featherweight champion Chris Cyborg winning this fight through TKO okay and now the co-main event of the evening we have the welterweight championship belt on the line we have the current champion Tyron Woodley defending his title against the Brazilian jiu-jitsu master you could say Damian Maia so the first round starts Damian Maia right off the bat goes for a takedown but he is not successful at actually taking down um, Tyron Woodley. But as he is um, uh, having an underhook with um, Tyron Woodley, Tyron Woodley throws a shot while he they're in that position. And um, there's a really bad cut under um, Damian Maya's eye. And that's just the first exchange that these two guys have. And Damian Maya, obviously, unfortunately, had had to deal with that for the rest of the fight. So that's pretty unfortunate for Damian Maya. But other than that, for the first round, it's it's not a really active fight. I mean, a few shots are thrown here and there by um, either one of the fighters, but the shots aren't effective at all. And Damian Maya, throughout the entire fight, he tries to go for takedowns. He just dives in for takedowns. But all he's um, capable of doing is that he just, he's literally just able to grab Tyron Woodley's ankles. And Tyron Woodley just runs away. And Damian Maya isn't able to actually take down Tyron Woodley. So, actually, as a matter of fact, all of the takedowns that were attempted by Damian Maya. There were, none of them were successful. All of them failed. Demi Maya was not able to take down Tyron Woodley even for once. And, you know, just like I said, Demi Maya, he's a pretty great Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. He's a black belt. He's, he has one of the best jiu-jitsus in the entire game of MMA. But I don't know what was going on with him that night, man. Like... And like, how is it possible that every takedown that you shoot for, none of them work? Like, what is going on? Is it a conspiracy or what? But, well, let's just move on. So, you know, that's just pretty much the recurring theme for the rest of the the rest of this fight. And just like you said, it's not an active fight at all. As a matter of fact, Tyron Woodley broke his own record in terms of having the least amount of punches thrown in a fight. And that number is 60 punches 
in this entire fight, which lasted the entire five rounds. And, uh, you know, that's not the most, um, that's not the best thing to have on your record, you know, especially if you want to have uh, fights against um, big, big name guys like George St. Pierre or just super fights uh, with whoever, it's not the best thing to have on your resume, on your MMA resume. And Daniel White, also the president of the UFC, he also criticized Zomtime Relief for, for this thing. And he, yeah, he's pretty pissed off. But Tyron Woodley is um, actually defending him, his game plan and saying that, you know, that's how he originally had his game plan in mind. And it's not like, oh, he was lazy. He didn't throw any shots. It was like he was trying to play it safe in a way and try to be cautious. But at the same time, you know, there's a really good saying. I don't know who said it, but whoever becomes a champion, they're not concerned with... Um, winning the fight they're concerned about not losing the fight and that makes a lot of sense because if the belt is all you care about then you will do whatever actually you would do the least amount that you have to do so that you can actually keep your belt so whether it is a draw whatever you do leads to a draw or a really close decision you know at least you still have your belts you didn't do anything risky so that you can blame yourself afterwards for what you did. We, we were like, oh my God, like I did this thing. So that's why I lost my belts. But I mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily defend this some um, type of mindset, especially if you're a champion and you have this mindset. I feel like if you're a champion, you just have to like go out there and get it and just prove every single time you defend your title, just prove to everybody why you deserve to be a champion. And I mean, I don't even know what to say. I'm just going to say what the decision was for this fight. It was um, Tyron Woodley still keeping his belt for himself through unanimous decision. But yeah, man, as you can tell, I'm not <laughs> impressed with this fight at all. As a matter of fact, I actually dozed off during this fight. So yeah, not impressive. Okay, quickly moving on to the main event of the evening. Man, I had so much prepared for this fight, but oh well, I'll just quickly talk about it. So the first round starts. Okay, this is the fight between John Jones and Daniel Cormier. Woohoo! For the light heavyweight championship. So the fight starts. The guys are fighting from a distance. They're keeping the range, especially John Jones is throwing a lot of deadly shots from his, uh, from a distance and Daniel Cormier because he's just so much shorter than John Jones he can't really do anything about those shots so he just keeps getting punched and he, it, whenever he wants to throw a punch he's not quite successful so Jones actually takes down DC but DC gets right back up and you know this um, this is a recurring theme again and um, this this keeps going and going and we get to the third round. John Jones is throwing body shots, and at last, three minutes into the into the third round, John Jones closes the range, and there's a unexpected head kick, and DC wobbles. He loses his balance, and John Jones follows DC to the fence. DC is on the canvas, and Jones is grounding and pounding from his back, and DC is knocked out john jones is your new light heavyweight champion and man talking about a redemption story i mean daniel cormier was pretty sad about this um this loss and he couldn't believe it he was he was in so much shock and he was crying and you know it was it was pretty sad to watch because you've always seen him as this um cheerful guy and the champion and now he's lost his belt and 
he's just um pouring his entire heart out and yeah he's just being so vulnerable and at the same time you know it's so bittersweet and at the same time you see john jones who's been going through so much and um dealing with a lot of things outside the octagon finally winning back his belt after going through such a dark era in his life and now he's um earned his redemption and talking about a redemption story man what a great uh, finish to this night and man i'm just looking at the clock right now i don't think we're gonna have time to talk about ryzen unfortunately but yeah man there you go unfortunately that's all the time we're gonna have for this week make sure that you go to cfr.ca to catch up with tko and until next time it's your girl janon right here and this is tko peace out